Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of On the Side with yours truly, Jackie London. I have such a fun guest for you today. I learned so much from this interview. I feel like I've been saying that every week, but frankly, I have been learning a lot, so I hope you have too. Bryce Henson is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, which is the world's fastest growing fitness bootcamp franchise. I, I honestly, I'm going to just confess that I had not heard of Fit Body Bootcamp before, although it sounds like the words that go together all have been used somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like they sound like familiar words that you've probably heard before and you're not sure where. But I've got to say, I'm dying to try it now after this conversation with Bryce. I mean, he did not start out as a gym rat, so to speak, but he definitely got there. I I tease him in the interview. You'll hear me say, so you just walked, did you just walk in and become the CEO of this business? And that's sort of what happened, but it's not what happened. So... (laughs) So I will let him explain that in full detail. What I was so interested in and curious about during this interview was the actual business model and the structure of building a fitness business and growing it and making it profitable, which is honestly just fascinating for so many different reasons and so many factors that play into it, including, oh, you know, that global pandemic thing we just have been dealing with or had been dealing with. We talked a lot about a number of different things from the training and the onboarding of coaches and what Bryce and and his team actually look for when they're looking for coaches. We also talk about some of the lessons learned from Tom Brady. And honestly, what can all of us not learn from Tom Brady? You know what I mean? I feel like that's the real question here. What's not to learn from Tom Brady? I think he knows everything, pretty sure. Um, Anyway, we also talk about stoic philosophy, stoicism, and how Bryce has kind of integrated that into his everyday life and his everyday practice and business practices, which is really awesome. We get to that at the end of the episode. So I think you're going to love this one. I can't wait to hear what you think and definitely check out Fit Body Bootcamp. I really learned a lot. I'm excited to try it. I feel like I like everything about what he said about the program and the fact that it's built to be accessible and fit into your everyday schedule and that every, you know, everyone who signs on has a commitment for 30 minutes, three times a week. That feels kind of like more doable than a lot of the other boot camps out there. I got to say, all right, enjoy the episode. Leave me a rating and a review. If you think of something that you want to share, if something comes up for you during the interview that you want to hear more about, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me anytime as always at Jacqueline London RD on Instagram. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. 
Okay, guys, I got this question from a listener. Thank you to this listener. I don't know. I didn't ask her yet. And I feel like because I'm literally looking at this in real time, I didn't ask her yet if I could use her name. So I'm not going to, but I will say I got this from a listener via Instagram direct message. As always, if you have questions, you can find me at Jacqueline London RD. Um, and I love this question because I feel like it's a clarifying question and it's something that I haven't really answered on the podcast in such direct terms. So I figured I would share my answer here with you right now. So this listener wrote, I've been loving making smoothies with just almond milk, frozen fruit, spinach, and some protein powder in the morning. I know you said you don't love smoothies as a meal. Does blending the fruit change any nutritional properties? Are you anti-smoothie because of the added sugars in some? And so here is my kind of stance on smoothies. They're sort of like, like a B minus. <laughs> I, you know what? I, there's a lot of dietitians that would really disagree with me on that. I'm going to call them a B. Huh? Okay. I could go as high as a B. The thing is, the point about smoothies, the reason I'm not, I'm not going to keep with the letter grade anymore because that's insane. But the thing that I don't love about smoothies is that when you take a whole food and you change the way in which you're consuming it from a solid, basically into a liquid, what you're doing is that you are oftentimes eliminating the fiber. That's true when you juice something, right? Because you've just taken the naturally occurring sugar and juice and you've squeezed it into something else. You've squeezed out the juice and you're just drinking those naturally occurring sugars. With smoothies, it's a little bit more tricky. And the reason for that is because you'll retain the fiber in fruit that you would otherwise lose if you were juicing, but that you would otherwise eat if you were eating the whole fruit, right? So you'll get that fiber in smoothie form. The thing is that there's some research out there that really support the idea that drinking calories, like actually consuming the exact same food, but in liquid form, can be less satisfying than eating solid food. And the reason for that is because of everything that you experience when you're like making a meal at home right? I mean, I had basically the equivalent of a smoothie for breakfast this morning, but like it, it wasn't, it was like a mash of Greek yogurt plus banana plus some fresh figs. And then I had that with a slice of toast and it honestly was pure perfection. I used it like a spread. So like, instead of it being in a blender, it was a mash. I ate it, but like, I got the experience of like getting to smell, taste, also enjoy, chew, and also I got to put some salt on it, which I feel like is weird to do with a smoothie. It's probably weird to do with a Greek yogurt bowl, frankly, but I loved it. It was fucking delicious. And so that's where I'm coming from on this is that it's less about losing the fiber as you would with juicing. It's more about actually having the sensory experience of eating those types of fruit that you could otherwise consume in whole food form. I understand the convenience factor of smoothies. I know that there's definitely a time and place for them. And I'm not even saying like, I, I there's, a, you guys know already, I'm not in any direct opposition to any food. I mean, I think there's a place for everything really. But the idea of this is more to think about what the flavors are that you're actually going for and how to just make sure that you're getting the most satiety promoting benefit out of the food that you eat. Otherwise, to me, and this is both personal experience and also from my work with clients, is that sometimes if you're not feeling that satisfied, sometimes it feels like that food is like gone in a second. And with grocery prices being what they are, that becomes less of a direct 
you know, health related thing and more of something that has to do with how am I maximizing my grocery budget so that I can get the most out of the food that I'm buying, right? So there's also really that component. The other thing that I would say just because of the foods that this listener listed in that smoothie is that a lot of the time when we're having something like frozen fruit with veggies and the almond milk, which is going to be a little bit lower in protein, she's adding the protein powder to that, which I think is that can have a time and a place, but I would love, you know, the idea of taking the fruit that you're enjoying in that smoothie and adding it to something that that is a real wholesome food, like Greek yogurt, let's say, or cottage cheese, or maybe you're having more spinach and more veggies and you're adding it to a scrambled egg omelet or an egg scramble, whatever, and you're having that with some whole grain toast. This way, you're having a combo of protein and fiber from real whole food sources versus, um, versus something that is a little bit less satisfying and also falls, you know, because of the protein powder, it's falling into that dietary supplement category. So just something to think about. You may be using a wonderful protein powder that you absolutely love that has plenty of third-party verifications on the front of the packaging so you know you can trust the ingredients, but just something to consider. Where can you make small very small, right? Like I just basically listed a breakfast that is a smoothie, but isn't a smoothie at the same time, right? I mean, like very small shifts to consume more real whole foods that fit into your grocery budget and meet your own personal taste preferences and what makes you feel satisfied. And frankly, just forget everything I just said. If you know that you love your smoothie and you're going to keep on drinking that sucker. Okay. So that's, that's my advice for today. Today's question on smoothies. Check. Okay. Let's get to the episode. I've got to know, first of all, Bryce, welcome. Welcome to On The Side. But the first thing I really need to know about is where did the concept for Fit Body Boot Camp, I mean, this I can't even say it without smiling because I feel like, okay, it just makes me want to flex a little bit. Like you hear Fit Body Boot Camp and you're like, can I make a muscle? (laughs) Exactly. 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 So where did the concept start and where did you, let's maybe start with where did you start in the fitness industry? How did you get involved in training and coaching? Oh, it's a great question. We can start there and kind of dovetail into further questions about fit body. But um, I've lived in Southern California, Jackie, for about 17 years now, since early 2004. But originally, I grew up in the Midwest, which is amazing place, salt of the earth people. Amazing. What part part of the Midwest? Uh, Suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, where my mom was from. So I spent the first 10 years in Atlanta, Georgia, but my parents split. So shot up to Michigan. And like I said, a great place, salt of the earth people, but not necessarily the fitness capital of the world. And I share this with you just because Taco Bell specifically, but fast food is a staple of my diet. I can't say candidly say that I was morbidly obese. However, by the time I graduated college with, you know, fast food and not working out so much, I had 20 pounds of body fat, very little muscle in my frame. So I was excited though. I moved to Southern California. I got a job in advertising, which turned into a sales career. And I was excited to be in LA, the palm trees, the blue skies, the beaches, all that Southern California has to offer, but also LA being the plastic capital of the world. So I was there insecure, (laughs) 
3000 miles from home, little friends, little professional skills to offer, you know, the, the workforce, but more, more importantly, and really kind of dovetailing this to fitness, I didn't have fitness in my life. I wasn't fit. Like I said, I was 20 pounds overweight, had very little muscle in my frame. And I certainly had some good days, but being very candid with you and your audience for the first two years of my move in LA and many of your audience can relate to this being, you know, moving from home and all that, the homesick, I had more dark days than good, but fortunately- yeah, but fortunately, I had a fortuitous situation happen. A good friend, actually a close friend uh, that became my best friend named Adam, moved out to Southern California. We lived together. And a little bit about oh, Adam, yeah. he wasn't on the cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. He had the six-pack abs, the muscles, <laughs> the confidence. All the girls looked up to, or liked him, and I looked up to that. Yeah. So finally, I asked him, if, I'm so embarrassed, even took, it took me like two or three months of living together, finally to muster up enough courage and say, Adam, can you show me this, uh, this thing called fitness that you do. And he said, Bryce, I will, but I want you to commit for 12 weeks. Cause you know how many buddies that asked me about, you know, if I could train with them or they could train with me and how many actually stuck. And the answer was virtually zero. So he said, I want you to do everything oh, that I'm okay. going to ask you over the next 12 weeks, lift what I want you to lift, eat the nutrition I want you to eat. And then after that, if it's not for you, off you go. Um, but ultimately the rest is history and, uh, you know, kind of how it all worked out the first, I'm so glad he, he made me execute that commitment because the first few weeks were absolutely miserable. My legs mm. were sore, my bodies and muscles. I'm sure your audience can relate to this, but I put one foot in front of the other and one week turned into two, two into three and really over a period of two years, but hyper-focused about six months. I got an incredible transformation, dropped 20 pounds of body fat, put 20 pounds of lean muscle. But as we both know, fitness did way more than that. It gave me mm. energy and confidence, enthusiasm. It became uh, one of the least performing sales rep in the company, all the way to the highest performing sales rep in the company, all because of fitness. And really, I can story tell a bit more, but that was kind of the idea, or at least when the mm. vision happened that I wanted to enter from a professional perspective and really help people uh, just like I was helped with in the health and fitness uh, space. How awesome is that? Wait, so I got to go back to something that you mentioned from Adam, which is the 12-week start. Where did that number come from? I feel like we hear so much in this world that's actually in the the literature too. That's like, it takes 21 days to make a habit. It takes 28 days to make a habit. It takes a month. It takes three weeks. I mean, who knows anymore? Where did Adam get the 12 weeks from? We need, we need to find out. <laughs> totally. Well, <laughs> candidly, I don't know where he came up with 12 weeks. Like it's that. about a quarter, like 90 days. I like that he was like, it's a fiscal quarter. That's it. He it's was a, like, you know what? We're going to do a fiscal quarter. <laughs> he, he had the vision from a business perspective, I guess. Right. But as it turns out, though, you know, as a franchise or a fit body a franchise owner, now the CEO for um, since 2012, um, as it turns out, we've actually, and ironically, kind of the, it comes full circle. We actually start our onboarding program for our, all our new clients with a 12 week program. And what we found oh, awesome. is. It, what we found is it's just enough time to showcase some results. So you're going to see some progress. Are you going to get your dream body, especially if you're 40, 50 pounds overweight? No, you're not going to lose that weight within 12 weeks. It took you more than 12 weeks to put it on. It's going to take you more than 12 weeks to put it off. Mm. However, it's going to show you that, hey, your body's going to start to change. You're going to feel good. It's going to give you just enough glimpse to actually showcase, wow, this is actually working in the famous right. words of Tony Robbins success equals motivation. So mm. if you get a little bit of success, you become more motivated. And really that's the framework. Um, and also, also to, while it's a commitment that gives results, it's not an overbearing commitment, especially if, you know, someone who comes off the streets never been fit. So it's just a sweet spot that allows us to show that results and really keep the client long-term because they can really see progress in that window. 
Totally. God, that's such a good point. Tell us what is Fit Body Bootcamp. Let's start with that because we also, we got to know, we got to know more about what goes into the bootcamp. I feel like that's pretty critical. We got to start there. <laughs> cool. Well, let's dive in. So we got to start there. So Fit Body yeah. Bootcamp, we're a, a fastest growing indoor fitness franchise. We're internationally based in North America, or I guess I should say based in a suburb of Los Angeles, California called Chino Hills, where our headquarters is, but we have hundreds of locations throughout North America. Primarily about 90% are in the US, about 10% in Canada. And really oh. what we specialize is giving our clients twice the result, twice the workout in half the time, really focus at, you know, having a weight loss program that really gets our clients lean, in shape, healthy, fit. And we specialize in 30 minute workouts uh, led by certified personal trainers that we call coaches. And it's not a big box gym where you can just kind of, you know, go show up and really that just gives you access to Mm -hmm. weights. That's the opposite side of the spectrum. Really what we do is we offer personal training with group setting, which gets a better result. Um, It uh, ultimately is long-term sustainable. And because you're working out with a coach and also the power group, typically Mm -hmm. people work harder. And uh, let's face it, you can do anything for a half an hour, but if you stack Mm -hmm. at least three times a week, turns into two weeks, turns into two months, turns into two years before you know it, you look back and say like, holy smokes, 30 minutes a day, I got in the best shape of my life. And really that's who we are and what we do here at Fit Body. How cool is that, Bryce? I feel like the the coolest part about what you just said is that first of all, I'm it kind of blows my mind because I don't feel like we hear about this and correct me if I'm wrong, but I just, I don't feel like we hear about group personal training Maybe ever, maybe ever, maybe that's just my (laughs) ignorance, but like, why are we doing that more? It's a brilliant idea. It's such a good idea. I mean, you have the accountability of both your peers, but also the coach that you've signed up with. I mean... Is there one in New York? I mean, out of curiosity, we, <laughs> can I we get do. to one? Okay. Uh, we do, for sure. We, we're definitely based in New York as well. But that's actually, actually that dovetails to my your initial question about like yeah. how it started yeah. and really how it started. Well, I'm the CEO and I'm a franchisee for since early 2012. I'm not the founder. The founder is a business partner of mine, good friend, mentor. Mm. His name is Bedros Koulian. Mm. And how it all came to be, speaking of which, is Bedros got, he kind of went through his own physical transformation. And in 2007, 2008, he scaled to a handful of gyms really running Mm -hmm. uh, one-on-one personal training. And he was really successful at that. As it turns out, he ended up selling his gyms and then started consulting because a lot of other personal trainers were asking him how he was able to grow and scale a handful of gyms, one-on-one personal training. So he started consulting. But then of Mm. course, as we know, in 2008, the Great Recession (laughs) and uh, all these clients who were spending a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks a month, all of a sudden couldn't do that. So what Bedros thought is like, okay, well, now my clients are having a hard time paying me. I I actually want to try a different model. Instead of the one-on-one, I'm actually going to transition and pivot to a group setting. So what he did is he tested this out and he took many of his clients from his former gym, put them in a, in a, a group setting in a boot camp, like in a park setting, had an incredible success and traction there. And then mm. that was the foundation for, I guess, Fit Body 1.0, which became a licensee program. Fit Body 2.0 was actually taking the concept, franchising it, putting it in an indoor space outside the elements. That's actually what happened in 2012. And really that's how we got our launch. And I guess, the, as they say, the rest is history. That is so crazy. I mean, what a brilliant idea also makes me feel like I have a lot to learn right there. Tell me about, so when you became involved, you went from zero to CEO. (laughs) You just walked in and everyone was like, Bryce, you've arrived. Thank you for coming in and being our chief executive. (laughs) Hardly, but I guess the story does have some sort of that element in play, but 
um, in early 2012, as I could, well, actually, let me back it up just a couple of years before I just talked about my awesome fitness transformation. Then the light bulb went on. I was like, oh, you know what? I can actually give back and help other people. So Mm -hmm. I did the most logical thing I could do. I enrolled myself and got certified through National Academy of Sports Medicine or NASM, which is the gold standard. Then I updated my Facebook profile, the certified personal trainer in this gentleman (laughs) who I just referred to the founder of Fit Body as a business partner and mentor of mine named Bedros started marketing to me. I started receiving ads about how to grow a fitness concept, how to scale, get clients better results. So I jumped on his email list. I started training some clients, built a little following. And then in 2012, which really is kind of articulating mm. how, I guess, landing on how I entered yeah. the brand, he started talking about this little thing called Fit Body Bootcamp, which really at that time, he just franchised. So we only had a, a, maybe a dozen locations. So I put in the expressive interest. I filled out all the application, did all the prep work and, and preparation I possibly could, reached out to a dozen of those owners. And then in the summer of 2012, decided to take the leap of faith, invest my life savings. Became a fit body owner and got my first studio off the ground in a city called Yorba Linda, California, which is near Disneyland. And that's how I got my start over the following five years. Um, Well, I guess the, the preface... That's how I got my start. No, I didn't walk in day one saying, hey, right. I'm the CEO. But as it, as it turns out, it ended up being that way. But after I launched my first location, um, ended up over the following six years scaling to a handful of locations, brought in my wife, my mom, my brother, my sister to kind of help with the family endeavor. Amazing. And uh, ultimately had a lot of success. And then finally, in 2018, when our brand was really starting to hockey stick, Pedro's reached out to me, of course, of our, our connection, our, um, our deep relationship we developed. And then, of course, the success within the brand. And he offered me the vice president role which I ended up taking. And then before you know it, a couple of years later, after we built more infrastructure, got through COVID um, in the summer of 2021, as Bedros's empire has expanded, yeah. he turned to me and said, Bryce, you've been with me since day one. You've had multiple locations. You know the brand from a coach, from an owner, from a personal trainer. You've right. de- invested in yourself from a leadership pers- perspective. It's time now to grant you the CEO position. So this guy from not a fit guy used to eat Taco Bell for the staple of his diet, come from a very humble beginnings for first world standards. And again, it wasn't a fit guy at all. Ended up becoming an owner of a a location, a coach, was the janitor uh, all the way now to the CEO. It's crazy. I still sometimes pinch myself on the story, but that's how it all happened and went down. That's awesome. That's seriously amazing. And so, so truly well-deserved. I think what you just said is something really critical to to kind of like double down on, which is just that you had every perspective of what it was like to work for this business by simply starting at the beginning and sticking with it and then having also a passion and an interest in the actual subject matter for the clients that you're serving. You became interested in fitness and passionate about it and that helped you get as involved as you really were. And it's so important. I mean, I feel like so many times we see this with like big companies all the time is you'll see, you know, the CEO is, or the the sort of leadership team, the C-suite is completely divorced from the reality of the actual business. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and this is yes. like your experience is the perfect case for why it may not serve the actual business to be like that. <laughs> right? Totally. And you know what? I have a lot of weaknesses that I'm currently working on just like anyone else, but my superpower, my strength right. is my my passion for fitness. I love people, my dedication to continue to develop myself as a leader. But to your point, I mean, not only did I start that way, having every perspective, I still do. I still have one location. I ended up condensing yeah. just to make sure that my focus on the brand, I still get a few workouts from a client perspective on a weekly basis. I coach very 
sporadically now, but Fourth uh, of July, I gave my team the weekend off, and we basically coach. So I had that perspective. I have an owner perspective. I have a leadership Amazing. team perspective. So I, so even that's how I started, I still have that perspective, and I think that's really been a huge uh, superpower to really help me, but also our entire brand of coaches and clients and owners. Mm. I also love that your whole family is involved. That really makes me so happy. I feel like that's the perhaps the second best part of this whole story. <laughs> what what has your mom been doing specifically? I'd, I'd really, mom, if you're listening, and that's my Ma- mom. That's my mom and your mom uh, that I'm talking to there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, mom, I love you, but I love both of your moms. They're both of right. our moms. So my mom, her personality, she's super sweet. She's a Midwestern lady. She's great on the phone, great connecting. So it just made sense a very natural role for her was to be our head of customer service. So anytime a client calls in, you know, inbound, outbound, email and communication, just from a customer service perspective, she does it extremely well and it really fits her self personality. So that's her role. Uh, My wife kind of oversees one of the gyms. My brother has his own gym, but we partnered on one. Now he's actually the director of coaching and profitability for our company. So we all have our different zones of genius, if you will. And that's specifically where my mom is placed in the organization. Oh my God. I love everything about that. (laughs) (laughs) When you are hiring, when you're looking to hire, I'm guessing you're looking for the NASM or a like organization of certification for personal trainers, right? Or are you guys doing that? It's interestingly, it's very helpful, but it's actually not the first report me to look for. Interesting. Okay. The reason I share this with you is I've been fortunate to have access and have you know coached many coaches and yeah. not all, but sometimes actually I've I've had my most credentialed coach of all time, four-year kinesiology degree, yeah. you know, plenty of internships, certifications, X, Y, and Z, but really had a hard time connecting with people and mm. really eventually it didn't work out. So what we look for now in our first and foremost focus is are they passionate about people first and foremost? Are they passionate about fitness and are they good servant leaders? I mean, it, honestly that is actually the framework we look to. If they have the certification, if they have the training experience, that's a bonus. But at the end of the day, we can teach that. We have an incredible onboarding process. We call our 12-week new coaches onboarding process that really takes someone from soup to nuts. And of course, they still got to get the certification, but really that training program after that 12-week window, which all keeps on coming back, Mm. you know, someone, even if they don't have experience in training, we can make them a good coach, assuming they're passionate towards people, they're passionate towards fitness and have that servant leadership heart. So that's the qualities you look for. We can train the rest. But of course, if someone has those qualities and has the training experience, I mean, that's a match made in heaven. That is a perfect answer. (laughs) I love that so much. I love that so much because I love that you're not dismissing the sort of expertise behind it, but that it, it really isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is that you connect with the person that is coaching you or that you're coaching. But here's my follow up to that is... I love the word that you used about servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you explain for the audience what you mean by that? Because I think that's such a great description. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think leadership, I mean, it's a skill, right? And it's a very valuable skill. You can really help impact a lot of people. And if I, Jackie, if I look back at my you know, fit body career, I had the sales experience, as I mentioned before, my fitness transformation. I didn't have the marketing experience. That's what I was looking yeah. for. But really, if I could talk to myself, my, mm. my younger version, I would say, Bryce, it's awesome that you love coaching. It's awesome that you love people. You're great at sales or you know that will continue. But the biggest thing you need to focus on is developing your leadership skills and acumen 
because leadership mm. is always the problem, always the solution. And the reason we use the word servant leadership is because many times, especially human nature, we all have egos, myself included. Mm. It can be really easy if someone has an appointed position as a leader to all of a sudden their ego flares, they start bossing people around. And that's ex- that's the exact opposite of what we look for and what really what we define as a servant leader. A servant leader has the credibility, has the influence, has the care and compassion, and they lead with that more than mm. their title. So it's from a leadership perspective, are you there to serve? Are you there to empower your team, empower your clients, empower your coaches? That's the mentality that we really preach. And that's how we define servant leadership. And 10 times out of 10, that style of leadership is going to excel versus an egocentric type of leadership. And really we're in this business to inspire fitness and change lives. That's our mission statement, way more than a tagline. That's our life's work. And we need servant leaders to basically help us on our journey in order to really create the biggest impact. Oh, I like that so much. It's so true. It's so true. And you see it everywhere. You see it all. You just turn on the news and you see it. I feel like, and I like think, that. I, no, and sorry to interject there, but I've been guilty of it as well. I remember when I first, you know, location in 2012, mm. I decided to move my office and I didn't let the team know. And I just basically made a switch. At the end of the day, yes, I'm the owner of the business. Yes, I can do that. However, when I came in, when my team came in the next day, a couple of teammates were like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> uh, you know, why, why has this changed? And all of a sudden, like my ego like flares up and like, well, what do you mean? Right. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say this in fairness, but I'm like, I'm the boss. I can make adjustments at the end of the day, yes, that'd be true. However, what's better and a better approach and also true is to communicate with your team. Hey team, as a heads up, I'm planning to switch my office. This is the reason I'm doing it. Are there any questions, comments, or concerns about the move? A Mm -hmm. simple leadership visibility communication proactively, uh, that situation could resolve. And certainly I didn't execute that way then, but I take that leadership lesson and I apply that now as many uh, situations I possibly can. That's so good. I think that's underrated. I think visibility, that transparency element is honestly, I I think that's like what creates a culture of safety, you know, like of of feeling like secure in your own workplace because you, you feel like you're in on it with your leader, with the, with your boss, with the person who is meant to be driving this business forward. If you feel like you have that kind of trust, it's just a lot easier to feel like you can come to work and be yourself. You know what I mean? Totally. And what I've also learned about as well is, I mean, you can't get everyone to say yes in leadership. That's just impossible. Right. Uh, there's a famous quote saying, if you want to make people happy, be uh, an ice cream person. But if you want to mm. be a leader and you have to understand <laughs> the challenges of that um, right. or ice cream salesman. But at the end of the day, even if you go in a direction that not all of your team or some part of your team does not align with, if you give them the opportunity to give feedback, to influence you, what I've learned about leadership, if you provide that communication in the front end, even if they don't agree with your decision, Mm. they'll respect you and they'll follow you. But the opposite is also true. If you just start making shotgun decisions that have major effect uh, on your organization or your team, and your team isn't consulted or they don't have the opportunity to provide their feedback or their buy-in or your point, they don't feel secure, then that's what creates a cancerous situation. That's where the ego type of leadership takes in versus the servant leadership. Totally, totally. So you mentioned looking for this kind of quality, the the servant leadership that you talked about when you're hiring, when you're looking for coaches. What else factors into the 12-week, the onboarding process once someone is hired? What is that like? What's going on there? What are they learning? And are they exhausted? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are exhausted, but they're a high on life as well. And right. okay. they, t- they typically good. come out 
come out of the back end feeling way more confident, way more empowered. Yeah. It's been an incredible attraction recruitment tool as well, because there's so many other, you know, fitness studios and even businesses in general that some do, you know, the onboarding and training well, but many don't. And what we found is a lot of times coaches will come to us because of the learning, the training protocol, because that really adds a lot of value to them far beyond their career right. fit body. So really what it looks like high level, it's a structured 12 week approach. Every single week has a specific mission. It escalates as well. It kind of takes a step ladder approach. So we're not uh, putting someone on the mic. And we have two different types of coaching position. We have the mic coach, which basically they're on the mic, they're leading the charge. You know, when you're in session, they're the focus uh, of attention. And then we mm-hmm. have someone called the floor coach, which is on the floor, basically correcting form, making sure that our clients are safe. So we have a mic coach and floor coach. So from day one, we're not putting, you know, that new coach on the mic. We're really kind of like progressing them, if you will. It's not until week six or seven is actually when they get in the mic, but it's met mm-hmm. with videotaping them, watching game film, showcasing them that film, and then actually asking them, okay, what do you think you did well? What do you think you need to improve on? And that game film addition alone, and again, just to be clear, we haven't had this structure all the time, I guess, since 2012. This has been a brand innovation. But it came to me when I was watching Tom Brady, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, win his X amount of Super Bowls. And I realized, Tom Brady, what's the first thing he does after every Sunday? He actually watches the game film. What did I do well? What did he improve on? So if a guy like Tom Brady, who's like the best in in terms of class, executes that and practices as part of of his training protocol, it only makes sense that our fitness coaches here at Fit Body Bootcamp do the same. So between that structured approach, the step ladder approach, each week has a mission, making sure they get on film, watching that film, and also having a weekly meeting where we review and discuss. That's really the framework of that. what that 12 weeks look like that compounds upon it. After the 12 weeks, are they the best coach in the history of the world? No. However, they've really had a strong foundation they continue to grow and learn from. And they also feel an incredible amount of gratitude and confidence and really buy into your culture for the training and the support and really pouring in your people that you provide. Well, such a great point about Brady. I feel like, so I have felt like in the past, like this is my greatest fear. And I certainly don't feel like that now because I've been through it enough is having to watch myself back on the tape. But like, I used to avoid it at all costs because I was like, oh, like I just, I like to think of it as like a fever dream. Like whatever happened, happened. I left it on the floor. I don't have to see it again. And now I feel like, <laughs> God, like what I was missing by not watching some of those things that that were filmed or that were recorded. I just feel like there is a lot to learn from it, but like there is that fear involved, right? Like are, you're kind of like up against challenging that component. And I don't know why, I don't know if that's like, I don't know where that even comes from. Like, why are we afraid of that? But you know, I I think there's just some awkwardness about being yourself and then watching yourself. Oh, it's so painful to clear the (laughs) L. I mean, I feel the same way. Right. But even now, what I what I realized, and actually I learned another clip from the late Kobe Bryant, who's a Mm. huge Kobe Bryant fan. And one of the things I watched in my podcast, this is a few years ago, he was coaching like a young player who ended up losing his high school basketball final game. And Kobe asked him if he watched the game film and he said no. And he's like, it's gonna be the most painful thing you need to do. But in order for you to get better and learn from your mistake, I know you don't watch it, but you need to study that game film every single move. And that's actually what's going to get you better. So to your point, it's painful. It's awkward. I think just human nature, we don't like to be, you know, exposed and vulnerable, but interestingly enough, what we found, especially in the training process, especially if the owner or the the head coach is providing, you know, feedback to the, the junior coach, Many times the feedback session gets exponentially easier and the buy-in is so much better when they actually see themselves on film versus right. just the coach saying, hey, this is what you need to do better. When you see yourself, even though it's so painful to your point, Jacqueline, 
at the end of the day, it will exponentially increase their execution, their development. So you got to get through it and highly recommend it. That's well said. Very well said. So I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to hear about the program itself. So what goes into those 30 minutes? Because you described this as, I love that, I love what you said about 30 minutes being that sort of sweet spot, because I feel like you're totally right. Like we can scroll on social media for 30 minutes. We could probably do (laughs) something. We could probably make perhaps mildly better use of that time. Or or we could do something active for 30 minutes, or we could even split that up. Like I, I'm often talking, working with clients about even just saying, okay, to get to 30 minutes, that doesn't have to be consecutive. But like in the setting of a Fit Body Bootcamp class, you've got that concentrated 30 minutes. What's the class structure? How do we start? And what happens? I'm afraid. Just tell me. Just rip the Band-Aid off, Bryce. <laughs> Great question. (laughs) Love it. 30 minutes to put in perspective, it's 2% of your day. So ultimately we we have an awesome team of coaches that can correct and modify and really support our clients in a lot of level, but are also, this is where the tough love comes in as a client, as a person. If you can't give me 30 minutes, which is 2% of your day, at least three times a week, Unfortunately, I can't help you. So that's where the tough love comes in. Of course, it's said with a smile, but anyone can find 30 minutes a day, three times a week. And that's the value of the program. What it looks like, it's fully guided. It's fully supported. Even though you're scared and nervous as a new client coming in, you're going to be welcomed with open arms. All of our studios have a high level of training and customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, the session starts and ends on time. So it's really, you know, very specifically 30 minutes. The first five minutes is uh, met with a welcome and a, uh, an opening a demonstration and warm up, if you will. So the first five minutes, there's a warm up that all the basically students at uh, in session are executing to make sure that their bodies are moving, their blood's flowing. This is all while the mic coach and the floor coach, they both demonstrate the exercises for the day. Typically, there's anywhere from four to six stations. The movements always change on a day-to-day basis. So that way it creates muscle confusion. Your body works harder over the course of the long term, and it creates that mental stimulation. So when you actually break it down, it's even really a 25-minute hardcore circuit because you have to take the 25 minutes of the circuit plus the five minutes of the warm-up, the demo demonstration explanation. That's really what constitutes the 30 minutes. Um, but after that warm-up, then the coaches basically split up the room into groups. Everyone goes to their station. There's usually a few people per station and um, off you go. And uh, as it turns out, we have three types of workouts that we specialize in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a strength workout. We have a metabolic conditioning or a cardio workout. Mm. And then we have a classic workout, which is a blend of both. So in all of our workouts, there's a, a blend of both strength training or resistance training. And there's also metabolic conditioning or otherwise known as cardio. So in every single modality that we have, you have both of those, I guess, modalities in place. The strength day, it's going to be a little bit more strength, about 60 to 70% of the workout, where about 30 to 40% is going to be cardio. The opposite is true about the cardio-based workout, where it's about 60 to 7% cardio, and then about 30 to 40% strength. And the classic is basically even blend of both. And um, don't let that fool you. Even though it's only 30 minutes, you're moving the whole time. But the beautiful oh, yeah. part about it is that it's designed for all ages, types, and shapes, if you will, because we do time circuits versus uh, number circuits. What I mean by that is if I were to say, hey, give me 100 push-ups, if you're really fit, you can knock out that push-ups real quick. If you're not fit at all, that's going to take you a very long time and very challenging. On the reverse, we say, okay, give me 60 seconds of push-ups. So the person who's super fit can knock out maybe 100 or whatever the case may be, where the beginner maybe can knock out one or two, but both are still getting a, a great workout within that same framework. And really, that's how we structure our sessions at Fit Body. Hopefully that was helpful. I can provide more insight. Oh my God, that's so helpful. And also I never realized what a genius strategy that is. I feel like it, 
I just feel like major light bulb moment for me. Like I just never realized because of course, because that way you're really meeting people on their own level by making it about time and not about the number of reps. That's so interesting. Whoa. Totally. So you mentioned COVID before, and I just kind of want to, I mean, not that, not to dwell, not to dwell on this pandemic, to but, dwell. <laughs> but exactly. Like, it's like, well, haven't we done enough of that? But I'm, but what, but when in March, exactly in March of 2020, you were like, here I am, <laughs> I'm CEO. <laughs> I have an ownership in this business and now we can't, we're going into lockdown. What the hell am I going to do? What happened? How are you feeling? What do you do? <laughs> that was a wild time. I'm having a little PS- right? PTSD I know. Just, actually just saying the about words. it. Yeah, 100%. But, 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 and as we were talking or connecting offline, yeah. um, I'm a huge advocate of Stoic philosophy. And Stoic philosophy really says you need to separate what you can control versus what you can't control. Yeah. And you need to focus completely on what you can control. And in fact, many times the obstacle is the way, meaning a challenge, mm. a problem. If you, you know, if you or your audience listen to this, you're listening to this, just think back to the most challenging time you've had. Forget about COVID, but just a challenging time in your life, whether personal and professional. And even though that was super challenging to go through, chances are, if you look back and you're really being honest, you grew from that, you learned from that. And if you actually adopt it, you probably could have been a little bit better off for that. And mm. really, I, I think the same thing about COVID and the experience that we went through. No, I would not wish that on anyone. I wish it wouldn't have happened in many in many ways. However, there was mm. some silver lining there and really allowed our organization, our clients, our coaches, our ownerships really to come together to really um, align and really get behind our mission of inspiring fitness and changing lives. Because honestly, COVID taught us a lot of things. And one of the things it taught and really to be reinforced is your health is your greatest wealth. And really yeah. by not taking care of yourself, eating poorly, becoming obese, you're actually a sitting duck. The opposite is also true. But mm -hmm. really to answer your question, Jackie, I wasn't CEO at the time. I was the VP yeah, at the time. Right, although okay. um, our CEO and founder was there in the trenches. Mm. We had a really stacked leadership team. And eerily enough, even though it was like crazy and panic and California and New York were two of the first states to shut down first, there was this eerily calmness about our leadership team. And within, I would say, 24 hours, we flipped our whole model to virtual training. Uh, we created what's called the Fit Body Bootcamp Protocol, um, which basically, as our gym started reopening, was a train-in-place modality where clients were super you know, sanitized in the front end. Instead of moving to stations, they had their 8 by 8 box. That was a little bit more progressed as COVID went through. But initially, we basically converted all of our training to, to virtual. We had one of our franchise business coaches in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Him and his team are just full of energy and life. They started recording pre-recorded workouts that we were able to email our clients on a daily basis. We also figured out how to virtually train our clients through Zoom like we're yeah. doing right now. And the same session times, we were able to basically create that model and within 48 hours, start teaching the brand. So we moved quick, we pivoted quick, and certainly we lost some locations and owners. That's just the part of the situation, especially in states like New York in California that were more severely hit with lockdowns. But in the grand scheme of things, we came out and now we're even stronger than ever. We have a, a tighter group of you know coaches and owners and global clients stronger than ever. So again, to put a bow on it, I wouldn't have expected or wanted that or wished that on anyone, but there's been some silver linings and uh, certainly our brand, even though tough to look back and look at, we're actually better off for it. And uh, the future is bright. That's awesome. And I, I want to ask you this question with the caveat that you can feel free to be as, I mean, we love detail on this podcast. We like to name and sometimes shame, but not, not intentionally, not, it's not an intentional <laughs> shame. But if you were like looking at some of the brands that have 
thrived versus kind of tanked <laughs> or maybe peaked during the pandemic. It rhymes with yeah. schmeloton. You know, <laughs> like, like there are some that that were really successful in fitness. There were some that came out and or didn't didn't actually come out. So what do you think we can attribute some of that to? And I know I'm sure there's no one big answer to this. It's really more just your your perspective as both a business owner and a coach. Yeah, that's a great question, Jackie. There's it's a loaded question. There's totally. a lot of different angles at it, but I have totally. some thoughts. Um, mm. Low hanging fruit. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Like mm. states that were more were less restrictive, and mm-hmm. you know, companies, organizations 100%. that were based in more free states, they they thrived. And it's a travesty, especially when you look at the data com- com- uh, from states like Texas and Florida mm-hmm. compared to to data compared to like California, New York. I mean, it's very clear the lockdowns were not effective, but that actually you know ultimately impacted you know s- certain companies and businesses. Also, too, uh, the type of training modality. So if you're completely brick and mortar, that was a more challenging situation than if you had a virtual component. But that's not the only case because we were completely brick and mortar and we pivoted to virtual as well. I also think, as an example, big box gyms, which have been in the decline for quite some time for the better part of like 15 years, they got hit hard. In fact, eight major national brands actually filed for bankruptcy. And the big box gym specifically had a hard time doing this because their product is really just renting access to weights. It's right. not actually coaching the results base. That's so the way they're point. structured, totally. And just the way that structured had a hard time, mm. but, but even with outside of COVID, it, COVID was just like the one-two punch, if you will, because the big box gym industry has been in decline you know, already. Right. And the last thing just comes down to, to leadership. You know, Can you adapt? Can you overcome? Can you pivot? Can you communicate? Do you have a positive mm. mindset? Do you have a growth mindset? Or do you have a woe is me mindset? And I'm very grateful to be you know surrounded by a team of incredible owners, an incredible leadership team that really took the high road and took, okay, this sucks. I don't want to go this. However, we have a duty, responsibility, and obligation to our clients to serve them at a high, higher level. And if that means pre-recorded workouts, if that means scheduling additional phone calls or Zoom one-on-one nutrition sessions or Zoom training sessions, we're going to do what we need to do to survive. So I think high level, those are some four points that I attribute to it. Um, And certainly there's more, but uh, hopefully that helps. That's really well said. I think the thing that that is fascinating to me now with hindsight being 2020, (laughs) even though I did not mean that pun, Listeners, I didn't didn't mean it. Didn't quite mean that. But hindsight being twenty twenty, we really have what you just mentioned is that like I, I'm thinking about it now, and you think like, how did we not do so much virtually? Like there there was no virtual component to anything, and now it just seems like the ones the brands that have come out successfully, particularly in fitness, are ones that were willing to be as flexible as you mentioned, while also acknowledging some of the challenges and also noticing that there are always places to improve and that kind of stoic sort of acceptance component, which is you can only control what you can control. If the internet goes out in your neighborhood, your your internet's out. <laughs> and that's it's just going to have to be what's going on. You know, it's that sort of mindset that I think really shows what a customer ultimately really wants in any type of health-focused experience is like customization, flexibility, compassion, but also striving for something that is greater than the present moment. 
And also to the, the connection piece, the communication yes. piece. I mean, humans yes. are tribal beings. Like yes. look at you and I, we're having a great time connecting. It's just like, yeah. that's how we're wired in our DNA. So, you know, one of the things that we did also too, during that period of time, we actually started not only providing all the structure for our franchisees to train their clients, but mm. we started going live, both Bedros, who oh. was the CEO at the time. Now I'm the CEO, but the VP at the time, we started going live on a daily basis to communicate with our other owners so they could do the same with their clients. And just that connection you yes. know, really helped helped us weather the storm because people, we need, we need each other. We need to stay right. you know connected and communication is an ally of leadership. So that also helped the cause. We pride ourselves in that. And I guess the, to put a bow on it, our founder Pedros had the vision of laying out, embracing and driving change as a core value. Mm. So this has actually been like in our DNA uh, to embrace and drive change. So it was just a really natural extension of that, you know, throughout a very challenging period for humanity. That's awesome. That's awesome. So this is another little name and shame moment, Bryce, but I don't think you'll be um, offended or upset by this one at all. I think think you're going to be into it. As someone with your background, when you are, let's say, take two minutes on any given social media platform, or you are connecting with fitness professionals outside of Fit Body Bootcamp, or you're being geo-targeted on Google ads, <laughs> are there any products, services, I don't know, hacky things. I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples if you need it, but I, I don't think you will. Are there any things that you see and you're just like, oh my God, this thing is so annoying. I wish people weren't selling X. Or like, this thing is just total bullshit, doesn't work at all. I cannot believe that I have to see this thing. <laughs> <laughs> And there were some us. products like in the fitness industry is just all, I mean, there's so much, so much value in the industry, but there's right. so much craziness in the industry as well, from gizmos to gadgets, to shake weights, to burp belly things. Oh. So my thought is just, oh. if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Price. And I know. Yes. One of the things actually I think has gone by the wayside uh, of the last two years is common sense in many, many different ways being critical on us. So if, if you, if it took you six, if it took, if it took you five years to gain a hundred pounds, you're not going to buy a gadget or a pill or a potion and within 30 days have a six pack. And I hate to say that. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish it were true. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. It's just the truth. So I think anything like that, that relies totally on marketing that seems to be good, too good to be true is probably too good to be true. So I cringe at stuff like that. And going back to the stoic philosophy, the philosophy, there's value in hard work. There's value in getting a tough 30 minute session. Yeah. It's tough to go through. And one of the biggest misconceptions, especially if you're a listener and you're like, I can never be fit. I tried being fit for a little bit of time. Progress equals motivation. And what I can say to you Mm. is you you might feel like really, really challenging day one. It's not always going to feel like that. It felt like that for me when I went through my first transformation with Adam, which I mentioned, which is in Mm. January of 2007. That first three months was brutal, but I realized that's not how it feels like now. Yes, working out is tough. It's challenging, but I actually look forward to it. I enjoy it. I feel better afterwards. And there's, there's, a, there's a sense of accomplishment around that. So I think there's a lot of value in sucking it up, doing the hard work. And if you can create, you know, align yourself with a company or, or a coach or a gym that, you know, can have a really hyper-focused approach, 30-minute sessions, full body, where you can get an awesome workout, but then you're off to your day. I mean, that's very long-term sustainable and you're going to have a better quality of life. So it's about bracing the suck and knowing that there's there's a, uh, some gold at the end of the out of the hard work rainbow. Oh, I really love that, Bryce. I really, I could not agree more. Where is common sense? Where has it gone? I don't understand. And also you and I are both uniquely in 
<laughs> we're both uniquely in places that really seem to lose it. I mean, uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know yes. how we made it. I don't know how we made it, but I'm proud of us for still being here, I think. Although I, I feel like maybe we could collectively get our families down to Florida and be okay with that too. <laughs> I wouldn't be overly challenged or frustrated at that notion. And, and yes, we're kindred, kindred spirits in very interesting places. Totally. For sure. Totally. All right. I love that answer. I love that answer. I've got to ask you, you mentioned something else that got me thinking. This is purely hypothetical. Although you reminded me of this when you said that about the 30 minutes, because I think that that is key is because what you're saying is that as long as you are challenging yourself within a particular framework, you have the sustainability mechanism kind of built into that idea, 30 minutes, three times a week. I think that that is something that a lot of people can wrap their minds around. Do you ever find that any of your clients are coming in and going, I am training for a triathlon. I'm training for a marathon. I'm looking to do an endurance sport. I'm looking to get on XYZ community team. Like how often are people looking for some of these very hyper-specific goals? And, and is that something that, that you guys support? Or is that something that you would say, eh, we're going to refer you elsewhere? Anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it actually comes down to knowing our zone of genius and then being able yeah. to create a marketing message. So our zone of genius is 30-minute fat loss, like weight loss Love and fat that. loss. That's that's our goal and that's our go-to. You know, we train, we specialize in the everyday person, not necessarily mm. the high performance endurance athlete, you know, not someone who's looking to shave off a second on their 40-yard dash to make the NFL combine. Our clientele are the average Mr. and Mrs. Jones who have a couple kids, don't necessarily love working out, but they know they yeah. need to. Maybe have gained 40, 50 pounds. They haven't worked out since high school and they just need you know, to lose weight, build more confidence, just more, more of a healthy and fit lifestyle. So typically, since that's our zone of genius, our marketing message is basically at that sort of track someone who wants to lose weight in general fitness. That said, to your point, I've had a, a longtime friend and client actually joined our gym at my first location in 2013. His name is Brad. Super Super great guy. And he'd been trying to run a marathon for years and he mm. joined our program and because he wasn't doing any cardiovascular work. So I was very upfront with him. I was like, Hey, this is a full body fitness, fat loss program, just general fitness program or health and wellness program that will benefit your life, get you lean, build some lean muscle and burn some fat. Uh, but it's not necessarily a marathon running program. However, as he stuck with the program over the period of six months, since he didn't have any cardiovascular shape prior, just by doing six months of circuit training within fit body, he was actually able to run a marathon. So to that point, awesome. we can service, you know, a quite a variety of, of clientele, but I think it really comes down to the message and really the specialization that we have. That's the marketing me message we put out. So most times people who are showing up our door are basically people who want to lose weight, want to get fit, want to build some lean muscle and just generally be healthier and fit. I love that. So when you mentioned mindset a little, just a few minutes ago, you had said that mindset in general is really at the core and making sure that you're approaching things from that kind of growth mindset perspective. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And then we got to wrap it up with our last question. Yeah, incredible question. And I think what it comes down to is you can either have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And there's a famous book out there. I can't remember her name. I think last name Pink, but actually it talks about growth mindset. And really at the end of the day, even though I love fitness, this game that we're playing, this fitness uh, and lifestyle has yeah. just exponentially improved my quality of life. I don't expect anyone or have any false narratives that for the average person, fitness is going to be the 100% focus of your life. It shouldn't be actually. However, 
it's the baseline of foundation for your life. And um, it's really like that gateway drug, if you will, because you can't look me in the eye if someone is 100 pounds overweight, feels lethargic, doesn't have confidence and is not fit. You can't look me in the eye and say that person is happy. So ultimately fitness at a very foundational level is actually the start of a personal growth journey. And using myself as an example, and this is riddled with many clients throughout our organization, they come in to lose weight, to get fit, but really that's just the, the surface level. They want more confidence, that more energy, more vibrancy, and really a better quality of life. So fitness is actually the foundation and platform for that personal growth journey. And that's why having a growth mindset, it's all a mental game. Having that growth mindset, absolutely critical. Even if you don't have that growth mindset from day one, by surrounding yourself with a team of awesome coaches and people that are pushing you on, again, if you put one foot in front of the other, what will happen is all of a sudden you start seeing results. Progress equals motivation. And then all of a sudden you get on this fitness journey, but you also get on this personal growth journey. And for me, talking with you, Jackie, and you're probably the exact same way. When I started my fitness journey in 2007, I look back, I went specifically for working out, but that's actually not what keeps me. It's the mental growth. It's the stimulation. It's the confidence that I feel. And I think that's really the value of fitness for you. It's the value of fitness for me and all of your audience listening today. Thousand percent. Bryce, thank you so much for being here. I can't let you go without your answer to our evergreen last question, which is it's your last day. You're not leaving forever. You're just going to space for a little while. You're going on a rocket ship to space. Elon Musk, he told me, he was like, I need Bryce to come and train me in space. (laughs) Okay. What are you having? What's on the menu? Tell me. Oh, I love this. I practice what I preach. I'm going to have a lean piece of steak, maybe like a New York or a sirloin. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, also going to have some good vegetables, some, some asparagus, some mixed vegetables. And if it's my last meal before I shoot up, hang out with Elon Musk in space, I'm a sugar guy, even though I yeah. abstain from that vast majority of times. I'm going to have some frozen yogurt just to kick off my trip. So that's basically love that. what my last food meal would look like. Love that. All right. I love it. That was beautiful. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you for being here. Tell us where we can find um, where we can find you and where we can find Fit Body Bootcamp. More info. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. You're amazing. This is such a colorful conversation. It's no secret why you're super successful, and this podcast is awesome. Uh, so, thanks so much for having me on, and certainly would love to continue to add value and serve you and your audience. Um, you can find us at Fit Body bootcamp.com. If you're looking for to get in shape, a studio near you and to really have a fitness or fat loss transformation, or if you're interested in becoming a Fit Body Bootcamp owner, we're looking for awesome owners have growth mindset that uh, you know are coachable and have a passion towards uh, people and fitness. Uh, and then of course, if you want to connect with me on social media, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, you can find me at Real Bryce Henson, not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson. So that's my handle. <laughs> I love it, Bryce. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. 
This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.